Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning, church. And welcome to worship this morning. My name is Donna Pritchard, and this and my is... Na- and my name is Ben Fowler. And we are just delighted. <laughs> Yay! Yes, this would be Pastor Donna, Pastor Ben. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being here, all of you. It's just, just fabulous to be in worship together here at Edmonds United Methodist Church on this Father's Day and celebration of Juneteenth. And let's take a moment to welcome those who are worshiping online. Would you turn around and say, welcome friends. We invite you to fill out the connect card. It should be a physical card in the pew, but also a um, QR code on your bulletin. And if you're visiting or worshiping at home, you can find it online. This is our way of letting uh, you, giving you an opportunity to let me know particularly if you have prayer requests, because I want to be holding you in those prayers uh, in the week ahead. And now, my friends, oh, one other quick note before we get started. You'll find an insert in your bulletin today, and um, it's your opportunity to let me know if there are particular sermon topics that you would like to hear preached on, or particular songs that you would like to sing during the month of August. The month of August will be all about you. So fill it out, stick it in the offering plate, and don't miss a single Sunday in the month of August because you've asked for it. (laughs) And now my friends, if you would rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. And I think we have a slide. We hear the words from the prophet Micah telling us what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? It is good to be together, God. Together, listening for you, united by your spirit. In this time of worship, Tell us about your kingdom of kindness so that we can seek it. Show us your justice. We want to walk with you humbly, closely, daily. And now my friends, gathering together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we begin worship as we always do with an opportunity to reconcile our hearts to God and one another through the passing of peace. You may share a sign of peace that is comfortable for you and your partner. 
a handshake, a hug, a sign of blessing. If you're worshiping online, we encourage you to text or call someone and share with them the peace of Christ as well. The peace of Christ be with you all.
Good morning. Hi, my name is Lisa Burns, and I am here to talk to some kids. And I'm really hoping there are some kids here today who would love to come and talk to me and see a couple of pictures today. So come on down, kids. Please. <laughs> and today, can I ask you guys just to sit right here? Because I have stuff to show you and I want to make sure everybody can see. Yeah, come on down. Come on down. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Lisa. What's your name? Hi. And what's your name? Hi. You're beautiful. What's your name? Say it again. Nice to meet you. And what's your name? What's your name? Hi, Isaac. And what's your name? Hi. Good to meet you guys. So who knows, today is a very special day for some people. Who knows what day this is today? Yes. Father's Day, it is, it is. And so today we think about all the dads and, and grandfathers and uncles and people in our life who help us. And so I wanna show you guys a couple of pictures. Your dad was what? He was, that's so amazing, yes. Okay, so I've got a couple of pictures here. Can you guys all see this? What are these dads doing with their kids? Playing, yeah. What? Having fun. Having fun, yeah. They're picking them up and putting them, just, has anyone ever done this for you before? pick you up and put them way up on their shoulders so maybe you can see something. Your grandpa did that? Yeah, so sometimes we're, we kids are kind of short. We're kind of little and sometimes it's hard to see stuff, right? And you went crazy? Oh my gosh, it's pretty fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So these are dads helping their kids see something that they wouldn't be able to see unless they were sitting on their shoulders. Okay. Now, tomorrow is also a special day. Does anybody know what tomorrow is? Very good, Juneteenth is tomorrow. Does anybody know what Juneteenth is? Yes. It's when the slaves got free. Yes. And the war stopped. Yes, yes, so there were some people who weren't able to do what they wanted to do. And the president at the time said, we think everybody should be equal and free. But back in those days, there were no telephones. Can you believe it? And no internet. So there were people far away. It took them four years to find out that they were free. Isn't that amazing? So I have a picture to show you today. With, actually, it's three pictures in one. Let's look at this very first one right here. This one's called equality. Can you see what each of these kids is standing on? Yeah, they're standing on a box, right? And they're looking over a fence, and can you tell what's happening on the other side of the fence? What is it? It's a baseball game, yeah. Can all the kids in this picture see the baseball game? No, not all of them, but look, they have the same box. The box is the same for all of them, but not all of them can see, right? So now let's look at the second box, the second picture. Can all the kids see the game now? Yeah, why is that? The little one got a second box and the really tall kid didn't need a box at all. 
So he gave his box to the littlest kid, and now they can all see the game. That's called equity. So sometimes we're all, we think everybody has the same box, but sometimes people need two boxes, or maybe even three boxes before they can see. Maybe a hundred, that's right, <laughs> yes. And the last one I thought was super cool. Do you see any boxes or any fences in the last picture? No, so sometimes we can get rid of the fence altogether, right? Yeah, so that nobody needs, nobody needs boxes or anything. Everybody can see, right? That's called liberation. So tomorrow on Juneteenth, I want you to think about the boxes and how maybe some of, of your friends might need a little something extra from you so that they can see what you're seeing or do what you're doing. Can we? Your dad's bringing something special for you today? Oh my gosh, it's hard to wait, isn't it? That's so cool. Okay, can we all say a prayer? God, thank you so much for these incredible children and for their hearts that want to help and liberate and create equity in the world. Bless them as they go on their day with anyone in their life that is a father or like a father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks, you guys. You can go back to your seats, I think. That's what you're supposed to do. You, Lisa, this is, you know, the church at work when we all come together and take apart. So good job. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, so because we are um, recognizing Juneteenth, the racial justice team has a presentation to make. We're part of the racial justice team at Edmonds United Methodist Church. We're part of the racial justice team at Edmonds United Methodist Church. And you'd notice that we are all currently white, and there is much that we can do as white people. We are working on both seeing racism and changing our systems that have those foundations in our church and our community and our nation. We do this because racism harms all of us, and we are raised in a country that was founded on it, and we all bear its scars. Tomorrow is June 19th. It has been celebrated as Juneteenth by black people all over this country, and now by our nation since last year. To put Juneteenth in context, we read from the great black orator, Frederick Douglass's thoughts on abolishing slavery several years before the Civil War started. This is from his speech in 1852, What to the slave is the 4th of July? What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham, your boasted liberty, an unholy license. 
your national greatness swelling vanity. Your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless. Your denunciation of tyrants, brass-fronted impudence. Your shouts of liberty and equality are hollow mockery. Your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgivings with all your religious parade and solemnity are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy, a thin veil to cover up crimes. We read this to remind us, we read this to remind us that the 4th of July in 1776 did not make everyone free in America. There are three documents, the Emancipation Proclamation, the General Order Number 3, which is the Juneteenth Order, and the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, which are collectively known as the Freedom Documents, which together ended slavery in the United States by December 1865. First, first, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by President Abraham Lincoln on January 1st, 1863, at the height of the Civil War. It applied only to enslaved black people in the Confederate States, so its immediate effects were limited. It is surprising when you read it to see how narrowly defined it is, listing only certain specific states and areas. Here is an excerpt. And by virtue of the power and for the purpose aforesaid, I do order and declare that all persons held as slaves within said designated states and parts of states are and henceforward shall be and that the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authorities thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of said persons. And upon this act, sincerely believed to be an act of justice, warranted by the Constitution upon military necessity, I invoke the considerate judgment of mankind and the gracious favor of Almighty God. Next is the general order number three, which is our Juneteenth document. The citizens of Galveston, Texas, decided not to free the enslaved peoples, so this document was delivered to them on June 19, 1865, by Union troops. It was almost two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed and over two months after the surrender of the Confederate Army. There was great rejoicing in Galveston that day, and Juneteenth became a yearly celebration, which has spread across the country. Here is an excerpt. The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection hereof existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The final document is the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, and it emancipated all of the United States. It quickly passed both houses of Congress on January 31st, 1865, and was signed by President Lincoln the next day. 
It was ratified by the states on December 6, 1865. Here is the 13th Amendment. Section 1. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Section 2. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. We clearly are not in a time where the effects of slavery are over and healed. The racism that existed and grew and was fought against when slavery was legal has had reverberating effects through time and is present still in our systems and our habits, if not in our hearts. We must address, address it to heal our collective generational trauma. We welcome everybody in the efforts of our church to not harm, but to help. May we close with this prayer from Discipleship Ministries. Guide my feet, Lord, who calls and sends, that I may move and go and say and do what would give glory to your name and to the image of the beloved community that Jesus proclaimed with his life and teaching. Guide my feet, not just my words and my thoughts, so that I might cross the boundaries we have made which divide us. Guide our feet, God, to go into places of need. Guide our feet to march for justice and to work for hope. Guide our feet while we run this race, this human race, this kingdom race toward equity, justice, and love. Prayers are necessary, especially when they are offered with our feet. Thanks be to God who calls us and guides us to love. Amen. There's a voice strong and clear ringing out far and roll down, let justice roll down, like the rush of a stream, comes a powerful dream, let justice roll down, justice roll Restored, every soul be reformed. Let the healing renew, creation be born. Here in this sacred space, with the strength.
give just a word of introduction to the scripture which we will hear read today. It comes from the gospel according to Matthew, the 12th chapter, where we have a parable attributed to Jesus. The story of the weeds and the wheat. Now this parable is unique to the gospel of Matthew, but the situation it addresses is not particularly unique. At the time that Matthew's gospel was being written within the church community at Antioch, which was about the year 85 Common Era, or 15 years after the Gospel of Mark, there was a growing concern in the young Christian community. They were worried because responses to the gospel varied greatly, and their efforts to share the good news 
often seemed unproductive. Now, the church in Antioch had seen a growing diversity in the years following Jesus' resurrection as the city itself grew. So did the church. And they struggled to understand their differences in culture and faith expression. And they were trying to figure out who are the weeds and who are the wheat. Who should we ask to leave and who should we build up in this community? So given that context, it's easy to see why the writer of Matthew chose to include this story in his gospel. Ultimately, the parable addresses themes of judgment and waiting, gathering and separation, preservation and destruction. And its focus is not so much on the identity of some outside enemy, but rather on two potential responses when evil seems to be mixed in with good. The first response comes from trying to pull out that evil, to get rid of those weeds. But the second response, the one which Jesus seems to be lifting up, suggests it's better to live with paradox and to wait with patience for God's revelation in our lives. Let's listen now as Sonia reads the scripture for us. Before you stand, and since I'm standing before you, I wanted to share something. Today is my first Father's Day without any fathers in my immediate family. Dad used to come to this church with me on Father's Day. Gene Bratt, a longtime member of this UMC, and him would exchange Semper Fi, having both served in the Marine Corps. John, my brother, lost his son Jeremy 32 two years ago, and Wade, my husband, passed last year. But I am covered today and every day by the love of God, our Creator. It means something to stand before you this morning. So, good morning, church. My name is Sonia Adams. Please rise in whatever ways are meaningful to you for the reading of scripture. The scripture lesson today is a reading from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30 in the Common English Bible version. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who planted good seed in his field. While people were sleeping, an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and went away. When the stalks sprouted and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. The servants of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you plant good seed in your field? Then how is it that it has weeds? An enemy has done done this, he answered. The servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them? But the landowner said, no, because if you gather the weeds, you'll pull up the wheat along with them. Let both grow side by side until the harvest. And at harvest time, 
I'll say to the harvesters, first, gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned, but bring the wheat into my barn. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Please join in the singing, the hymn of preparation. seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ, who calls us into community this day. Well, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you dads who are 100% pleased, proud, and happy of all your children and to those who sometimes struggle or fret a little bit with the kids. Happy Father's Day to all you children, young and old, who not only love, but like your father all the time. <laughs> and to those who sometimes struggle or fret with dear old dad. Happy Father's Day. Like many people, I grew up with some ambivalent feelings toward my father. I loved him dearly, and I miss him whenever I have a thorny decision to make or a particularly proud moment to share. But I had these ambivalent feelings because sometimes I did not understand my father. Sometimes I didn't know where he was coming from or what hopes or wounds he carried inside his soul. Sometimes I was even a little afraid of my dad because there were times when his anger seemed too threatening to bear or his expectations too great to fulfill. But then there were those other times when he showered me with generosity, sometimes even saying, don't tell your mother. And then he surprised me 
with tenderness. Well, I remember one particular day playing golf with my father. Now, normally this was not a very carefree experience. <laughs> you see, dad really wanted me to play well, and he never seemed to understand the connection between his increasing frustration and rising decibel levels and my increasing nervousness and some subsequent inattention to the game. He never understood how hard it is to keep your eye on the ball when you are so afraid of disappointing your coach. Well, for some reason, this particular day and this particular game was different. We had been playing in and out of the shadows, both atmospheric and psychic, all afternoon. When all of a sudden, we saw the most beautiful rainbow arcing over the next green. It seemed magically to end there. And my dad, in all his intensity and with all of his passion, threw down his golf clubs and he shouted, come on, let's catch it, and began to run across the fairway toward that elusive pot of gold. I remember another day, waking up to tragedy with the news that Martin Luther King Jr. had been shot. Sitting at the breakfast table, we were engulfed in a deep and painful silence, broken only by occasional sighs and sniffles from my dad. And I remember him telling us, there will be kids at school today who think this is a good thing. But I want you to remember that murder is never good or right, and that racism is always hateful and evil. I thought about these stories of my dad when I realized that today is Father's Day, and when I read the text from Matthew, which we heard this morning. My dad, like most, was not perfect. There are ways in which his influence felt like a weed in my life. And yet there are far more ways in which he sowed much wheat for me. Like so much of our lives and so many of our most important, closest relationships, both of them are present, the weeds and the wheat which helps me to understand the point of Jesus' parable. It's not so much about killing weeds as it is about recognizing them. You remember that story, how Jesus says, a man sowed good seed in his field, but in the dead of night, someone comes and sows weeds there as well. So the farmer's field hands, they offer to go and pull up the weeds, get them out of the field. The farmer says, no, 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 wait. We don't want to mistake the wheat for the weeds. Just let them grow up together and we can sort it all out at the harvest. As if to say, I know there are good things and there are bad things planted in my field and maybe even in my life. And I also know it's not always easy to distinguish them from each other. So give it some time. 
be patient and trust. When the harvest comes, when the crops have reached maturity, and I have done the same, then I will be able to sort out the weeds from the wheat. Perhaps you've heard the old Chinese folktale, Good Luck, Bad Luck. It's a story about a farmer who used one old horse to till his fields. It was the only one he had. And one day that horse escapes into the hills. The farmer's neighbors sympathize with the man over his bad luck, to which the farmer replies, bad luck, good luck, who knows? A week later, the horse returns leading a herd of wild horses from the hills. This time, the neighbors congratulate the farmer on his good luck. And he says, good luck, bad luck, who knows? The next day, the farmer's son tries to tame one of the wild horses, and in the process, falls off its back and breaks his leg. Everyone thinks this is very bad luck. Not the farmer, who, you guessed it, replies, bad luck, good luck, who knows? Some weeks later, the army marches into the village and conscripts every able-bodied young man they find living there. When they see the farmer's son with his broken leg, they let him off the hook. Now, was that good luck or bad luck? Who knows? <laughs> That's right, you know, hindsight is so often 2020, but sometimes it really is difficult to tell what is a weed and what is wheat. It can be hard to know what is really a problem and what is simply an opportunity. Sometimes it's hard to tell what is a curse and what is a blessing. Jesus this morning is telling us, of course, there will be some weeds in your life and in mine. And some of them will be there not because of anything we have done or not done or anything we have chosen. The important question for us is this, what will we do about it? Will we become so fixated on the weeds that we are not able to see the wheat? Will we spend so much time trying to get ahead of the weeds, trying to second guess them and outpull them that we neglect the needs of the wheat? Will we decide it's no use to even try farming anymore? Will we give up on working or playing or loving or risking? Will we forget about moving or being or living anymore? Possibly weeds, maybe wheat. That describes a lot of human existence when you get right down to it. Perhaps the greatest lesson any of our fathers could teach us is that the weeds of this life are very real. We all encounter them at one time or another Sickness, loneliness, fear, grief, hatred, abuse. The list could go, go, could go on and on because the weeds of this life are very real. But that is not the end of the lesson 
my friends. We need to remember the weeds are not growing there all alone. And the wheat, the wheat is just as real. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O holy God, who calls us and guides us through fields of weeds and wheat, we give thanks this day for fathers of our families and fathers of our hearts. It is Father's Day as we come together in celebration and praise, remembering their love, their strength, their wisdom, and their hope. We also come this day to celebrate and praise the promise of freedom. Give us the courage and the strength to lift our voices and continue to act for justice, freedom, and true liberty for all. We celebrate recognizing what has been done and what has been left undone, knowing there is still and yet much to do to eradicate the evil which is racism. So we celebrate offering unfinished praise. Help us, O oh God, to resist the illusions of this world and to embrace the very real presence of Christ who breaks the chains of the oppressed and the oppressor alike, 
who sets us all free and gives us not only the power of abundant life, but also of love and of joy. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, you have brought us thus far on our way. Keep leading us into your light. Keep us on your path, we pray. For we know it is by your grace that we are here. It is by your grace, O oh God, that one day we will arrive in celebration with praises that are finished and work that is complete and freedom that is real for all. All this we offer in the name of the one who came to set us all free, even Jesus the Christ. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite us now into a time of giving. The offering plate will be passed around in the sanctuary and I invite you to be generous as God has been generous to us. Uh, if you are online, you may give two ways. Online at using the give link button in the top right corner uh, via your mail. In order to give online, please go to edmundsumc.org slash give. In order to give via email, or in order to give via mail, please send checks to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020.
God of abundance, sometimes we have to learn how to have faith in the in-between. When there doesn't seem to be enough, show us how your people take care of each other. When we fear to share what we have, show us the grace of receiving an unexpected gift. When we hang on tight for later, just in case, show us that you are in this very moment. In these ways, teach us to give, to share, to offer ourselves for your kingdom work. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
We have a few announcements that I want to make this morning. <clears throat> and the first one is um, you will find out in the uh, narthex a table um, and I believe Angela is sitting at the table uh, where you can sign up to help with either in person or through gifts of supplies or cash, uh, Vacation Bible School, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Also on that table, there is a sign-up sheet for you to find, tell me how you would like to help with the end of year youth party, which is happening next Sunday, June 25th from six to eight in Kennedy Hall. And there are lots of options. You can barbecue hamburgers and hot dogs. You can bring side dishes to fill in the meal. You can help decorate. You can help with games, whatever you would like to do. Um, this is our opportunity to, as a congregation, let our junior and senior high youth know that they matter to us and that we love them and we support them. So uh, see those two sign-up sheets and uh, put your name down where you can help as well. Also next Sunday, uh, you will see that we're having the orientation, the first, the kickoff for our strategic planning process as we seek to get ourselves um, geared up for the next season of life as EUMC. And that will happen right after worship. It'll be an hour, no longer than that, I promise you. So you'll have a chance to grab a little refreshment and then uh, we will probably come back in here and uh, hear about the process and give you an opportunity to begin the conversation because this is intended to be a church-wide conversation. Um, also, next Sunday, we'll be celebrating graduates. So if you know someone who's graduating from preschool or kindergarten or elementary school, junior high, high school, college, or beyond, let us know because we want to be sure to acknowledge and celebrate all of our graduates. Now, I think that there are a few other announcements that you'll find in the bulletin, but I think those are probably the ones that we most need to highlight this morning. So if you would join us now in the closing hymn, um, please stand.
the light of Christ goes with us always into this world. Let us go forth to be that light ourselves, trusting God with the weeds and the wheat. And may the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen.